past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello, and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad that you've joined us today. It seems like we're speeding towards the holidays, and we know that job search is important during the holidays. One of the other things that we have the opportunity to do during the holidays is maintain relationships. And sometimes we forget all the different ways that our relationships are important to us and to our career and, of course, to those who we have relationships with and to their career. And one of the topics that we really rarely hear about or talk about in the career space is the idea of references. Now, references play a big part in the application process. Uh, There's some articles, and and they're fairly old, which I think indicates the fact that we don't talk about this, even though it's it's still happening, that 80% of employers check references. And even a more recent study talks about this and has it in the the high 70s more recently still, and that the higher level of position you're applying for, the more likely they are to check references. So a a recent survey by Skill Survey shows that 84% of the hiring managers for executive management positions conduct reference checks. So this is happening. It's part of the hiring process. And you know that you have to submit your references, but we really don't think much about it. We don't plan around it as much as as we could or maybe should. And so we're going to talk about that today, how you can do a better job of managing your references in, in a good, positive way, these relationships that are important to you in many different ways. How can you manage those relationships? Now, what's interesting is this data shows that 29% of people are found to have a misleading or false reference. So that means they're making someone up or they're giving a title to someone that's not really that person or maybe they're giving a title to someone and putting in their friends, right? We've got all these creative things going on that maybe I don't need to detail for you. Those are, they're caught. You're going to get caught. If you're doing that, especially with LinkedIn, it's so easy to reach out to someone on LinkedIn, check with them, make sure they're the one that actually gave the reference to check their title on LinkedIn. And of course, they can do the same thing on the company website, depending on the website. So 29% of, of hiring managers find that someone has given a misleading or false reference. And 21% of candidates are dismissed after reference checks. So something that they have heard or maybe even just a tone of voice or a non-answer gets 29% of people kicked out based on false or or miss. 21% of candidates missed based on that reference. And we all know that there's a lot of 
rules around references. And so we'll talk about that and, and mostly how a lot of times they're not followed. But even with all those rules, this data shows that 62% of employers report hearing unflattering comments. So not even just neutral with a undertone of negative, but straight out, flat out, unflattering comments. 62% of employers have heard at some point. So what can you do to have positive references to kind of control your narrative as much as possible? Obviously, that starts when you're still employed and, and you're making relationships at the company. But even after you've left and you're you're needing to manage your references, what can you do? We're going to talk about that today. Some of this information comes from a colleague of mine at the University of Montana, Cheryl Minnick. Dr. Cheryl Minnick, she's also the one that helps with a lot of our applicant tracking system intelligence that we share with you occasionally, frequently. And she's done quite a bit of research on references to help her students that are trying to get internships as well as to work with her clients and and those that may be going into academia because of course we know that references and reference letters are still a part of that academic hiring process so pretty basic just to set the stage here make sure we're all on the same page references are those professional references that you have to submit with an application sometimes, or sometimes after you've interviewed, sometimes they are asked for on an online application. You're asked to provide three to five professional references. Personal references are, are gonna connect more to who you are as a person. So occasionally jobs will ask for personal references. Um, one of the articles I was reading on references said the HR people there might look for, you know, if you live in an area and you've lived there for 10 years, do you have personal references that are in your same geographic location? If not, it might be a red flag. So it's interesting to read that there actually are some HR people who have value, real tangible, practical value they're looking for when they ask someone for personal references in addition to those professional references who might be your manager, your colleagues, your maybe even your vendors, suppliers, those professional references versus personal. Academic references, of course, are those that you might be using if you're just leaving a university setting or not, not too far out of that. Professors, maybe advisors, academic references. Maybe not as relevant for most of us unless you happen to be a graduating student or have a graduating student in your life. Then you have the names that people list on an application. So there might be a part of the application that says your three to five references, but then there's also the places in the application where you have to list your employers, your managers, and whether or not they can contact them, and then the contact information. That's different than references, but we'll just talk about it briefly. It's always one of those areas that people struggle with. You know, what do I do in this place? Do I actually put in that, yes, they can contact them? Do I put no? What happens if I put no? 
the idea behind that question is that if you answer no, it means that they would give you a bad reference. So answering no doesn't necessarily mean that I'm still employed. I don't want you to talk to them. It just means that no, I don't, you, you can't talk to them because something bad is happening. So what I typically recommend for people is that they check yes and then perhaps don't apply, don't put in the contact information or put in all zeros for the contact information and write into the form anywhere close to there as, as possible that you'd prefer that person not be contacted until you are a final candidate for the position. Something that indicates, yes, you can connect with them, but hey, I'm still employed there and I'd like to keep my job if at all possible. So those application people that you list are also references, right? They may be called, even though they aren't put into that references section. So people will ask you for your references at some point during the application process. We'll talk about this a little bit more later, but now they are asking for references earlier and some people even checking them before they do interviews, which there's some debate about whether or not that's legal, quote unquote legal. But once you've put that person into an online form, you're giving you're giving permission for them to be contacted. So be careful when you're filling out those forms to read all of the directions because it's possible those people may be contacted before you're even interviewed using some of the technology that we'll talk about in a little bit. So what is the policy? Isn't it, and, and most people will say, isn't it true that people can't say this or they can't say that or they can only say that yes or no, you'd be rehired? Some companies do have those types of policies, yes. And some companies that people may be instructed to say that they'd hire, rehire you or not and what your title was and nothing else. But not all companies have policies and not all people in the company are going to follow the policy or perhaps even be aware that the policy is there. And even if someone does follow policy, that may actually be a negative, a negative impact on you. If I'm a, a recruiter and I'm calling your references and everyone I call sticks to the company line, I start to wonder about that too, that they won't say anything nice about you. Perhaps it's your industry or perhaps it's that people have not liked working with you, right? I'm going to make up those stories in my mind as a recruiter. I'm going to really read between the lines in people's tone of voice. So it doesn't necessarily help us when people only follow that policy. Then, of course, you get the opportunity to submit references who you have talked to ahead of time, a little foreshadowing here to our conversation, that you know what they'll say about you. You know that what they will do, whether they'll follow company policy or whether they have a little bit more flexibility to say something positive. How do you control that? Because what we do know is the letters of recommendation, which may be separate letters that were submitted at some point and may still be for some positions, probably academic and not many else, people don't really care about letters of recommendation anymore today. They are, they're just, 
they're meant to be pleasing. They're always pleasing. They don't say anything new. They don't add any, any real value a lot of times. So companies aren't using them. However, there are some other ways that you can use testimonials and other types of written recommendation that we'll talk about here in just a bit. So your opportunity is the fact that people are going to call these references that you've provided or perhaps the supervisors that you've put into an application. And you can have an idea of what will be said about you. You can have an idea of building your brand, kind of crafting that image or, or controlling that image a little, a little bit, controlling that narrative. If you do some of the pre-work, and that's why I think that this holiday type of season, New Year's, whatever it is type of holiday that you celebrate, gives you the opportunity to reconnect to these people that you might want to use and, and write down their information as a reference. Gives you that opportunity to reconnect with them to make sure that when someone checks your references, those people aren't going to say, wow, hmm, it's been a long time, I don't remember them. Or, wow, they used me as a reference. All of those somewhat naive or, or um, innocent responses can give you a negative footing with an employer. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes and we'll talk a little bit more about how you can control the narrative through your references and what they might say to your future employer. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we are talking about a very important part of your job search that sometimes we forget about, and that is your references. So we were talking a little bit about why it's so important that 80% of employers check references, that it gets even higher when you're looking at higher level positions. 69% of employers have changed their minds about a candidate after speaking to a reference. Um, 47% of those having a less favorable opinion and 23% having a more favorable opinion. So it's really an opportunity for you to stand out, to shine. You can have a more favorable opinion after someone talks to a reference if that reference is able to speak to what you want them to be able to speak to. Employers are doing this because it's really an important part of the background check to them. They want to avoid a bad hire. They want to assess fit in a way that sometimes they can't with just an interview process. They want to do everything they can do. And that's why most employers use this. And they're still using it even though all of these policies and and pieces are in place because most of the time they're either not that specific or the people that you're using as references maybe even aren't at a company that would have a policy like that anymore. And those are some ways that you can get a positive reference is to avoid those situations where someone might have to speak to a company policy. If it's your former boss and they're still at the same company and that's the company's policy and you know that, then you may choose someone else, maybe someone who's moved to a different company and isn't bound by those restrictions anymore. So thinking ahead can help you get ahead in this line of job search. That's our first thought here is to really be strategic and thoughtful around who we choose to put on this this piece of paper. And these really are kind of your, your circle of champions. You want people that are going to speak truthfully and measured about you, but also, of course, positive. And doesn't have to be glowing, Pollyanna review, but positive. Most of the time we do some of this, right? We ask for their permission. We make sure we have their contact data. And that's probably as far as most people go. So I'm going to encourage you to also provide them with your resume. When you know that you have a job, that you're moving into this phase, 
You might provide them with a copy of the job posting, or you might give them a general idea of the types of positions you're applying to. And then if you have a really specific opportunity and you've had an interview, you know that somebody's going to be calling your references, give those references a very specific heads up with the name and title of who's going to be calling them to check your reference. This is one of the most annoying things as a manager to get a call for someone to check their references and it takes halfway through the conversation to figure out why they're calling. I remember when I worked at Colorado State, I would get calls for references for graduate students who were graduating. They'd worked with one of the faculty members. Somehow that faculty member's number wasn't put down right or the student thought that it would be better for the person to go through me or whatever it was. And I would get those calls of, you know, well, I'm looking for or for so-and-so or I'm calling about so-and-so. And if I had no idea that the person was applying to a position, it what first was like, well, I can't even talk to you because they're, you know, all of the policies in education around FERPA and, and protecting their information. So you need to make sure that the people you're giving names and numbers out for are actually aware that they may receive a call. And this takes that consistent communication because they need to be aware all the time, not just two years ago that you were looking for a position, but also that you are currently doing some activity now. You want to let them know and keep them up to date about that. And again, this holiday season can be a great time to do that, to reconnect with those people, send them a thank you. Maybe they've been a reference for you in the past. Use this opportunity to connect. So one of the organizations that is in this space, and we'll talk about a little bit more here in a a little bit, is Allison and Taylor Reference Checking. So Allison and Taylor Reference Checking has a lot of different services that they provide for candidates who may be looking to have a reference checked for them, see what that person is saying, see what's going on, and perhaps even have someone help them change that narrative when it's really negative. Allison and Taylor also recommends that when you resign, you put in some specifics around what's going on in that resignation. So especially if there's something negative going on, I know in the news right now, or just hearing about sexual harassment, absolutely nonstop. And if that was you, if you left a company because there was sexual harassment going on in your resignation letter in a a nice, polite, non-dramatic way to indicate that this situation has not resolved, you're sorry to have to make this change, whatever it might be, where you're documenting the harassment in your resignation letter. You know, HR is working on the situation and it just doesn't make sense for you to stay there give people at least, you know, give some of the people in the situation the benefit of the doubt, leave gracefully, but document why you're leaving. If you are resigning for other reasons, you might want to think about, does it make sense or not to put in that resignation letter? If you're leaving because you don't get along with your boss, 
it may be up to decide, is that something that you want to document or not? Is it something that you could talk to them and decide what each of you will say in the future or what they'll say in the future and, and leave on a, a note where at least they understand what you want them to say or what might be appropriate for them to say when a reference is checked in the future. It opens up the opportunity for a conversation when you're leaving to understand what's what's going to be said about you when you go. Factual, no drama, if at all possible, just like in our interview answer to why do you leave why did you leave that organization? We want to keep it as positive as possible, factual, no drama. And there may be a purpose to documenting that in your resignation letters. So Cheryl and I um, have been brainstorming a little tool to help you keep a list of your references. And this could be a spreadsheet. I tend to be more fond of of spreadsheets for tracking this kind of data than a, a Word document. Obviously, this data would be put into a Word document if you were going to submit a reference list. But for you to start tracking somewhere in your files, and unfortunately, LinkedIn doesn't really let us do much of this anymore. But who are those people? What is their current title? Where are they now? What's their address or at a minimum their city state where they are now? Do you have their current phone number? And then, you know, the data in terms of what, when were you working with them? What's your relationship to them? How long have you known them or worked with them? Keeping track of that. Then, of course, you can add a year each year. And then this is a piece we're going to talk about how you might use it later. But to make some notes about what that person would say about you as relevant as possible to the positions you're applying for, what would that person say about you? So if you contacted Cheryl and asked her about me, what Cheryl would say about me would be based on the fact that we've done webinars together, we've done trainings together, and she's taken some of my coach training classes. So Cheryl would probably speak to my presentation abilities. She would speak to my organization, perhaps to my approach in terms of of being open and willing to share. So I could go through and pick out what is most relevant and appropriate and perhaps um, interesting about what Cheryl might say about me and put that in this tracking form so that I, I have it and I can use it later. If I have a testimonial from Cheryl, so maybe Cheryl has given me a testimonial on LinkedIn or maybe just sent me an email that said something, I would ask her if I could use that publicly. If it isn't public, if it's already public on LinkedIn, it's fair game. If it's in a recommendation letter, it's fair game. So picking out some of those key testimonials that you might put into this kind of tracking sheet that this individual has written for you in the past. And then last, contacted. So keeping track of the last time that you connected with that person so that as it starts to get farther and farther away, you can remind yourself to reconnect and make sure that you're staying connected with that person who you are a 
who's a reference for you and, and maybe even perhaps who you're a reference for. So you're building that circle of champions. You're keeping in contact with people. You're giving them the ammo that they need in terms of your resume or key talking points in terms of the job description so that when the reference calls or, or writes, as we'll talk about right after our break, they have everything they need to be intelligent and articulate and accurate about you and your performance. So what might an employer ask them? It's interesting when you read some of the the articles and especially some of the articles that recruiters write for each other in terms of what questions they should ask. They're asking about past job duties and experience. They're asking about strengths and weaknesses. That's a hard one for people to answer. So that's a nice one for you to help give people a little bit of you know, this is what I'm saying are my strengths and weaknesses in my interview preparation. They, do they have to use that? They have to say the, the exact same thing? No, but it gives them something to go off of as your reference. Of course, they're going to confirm your job title and dates. They're also going to want to know about you. So your accomplishments, your maybe how you fit in, the, the culture, so that they can get an idea of if you're going to fit in their company. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the new technology that people are using to check references and what that might mean for you, how you can manage when a reference goes bad, and then a little bit more in depth about how you can manage the the content that a reference might share or that an employer might see from a reference in different ways. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. In this fast-paced, technologically driven world of business, the stress can be crushing. It's exhausting business leaders and burning out good employees. It is not enough to work from the top down. We must now learn to work from the inside out. Listen to Innovative Mindful Solutions with Terry Geller. We will discuss ways to transform roadblocking emotions using mindful-based tools you can incorporate into your business and your life right now. Don't stress. Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America business channel when it comes to successful marketing nothing speaks louder than your company name a clear concise and compelling brand identity opens doors and invites further conversation if you struggle to explain educate or clarify who you are and what you do then you will benefit from listening to brilliant branding with expert phil davis and co-host liz heemstra discover insider secrets from enlightened naming strategies to effective brand positioning tune in live every thursday at noon eastern time 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. We've been talking about references and how important they are to the, the hiring process and therefore to your job search, how you can manage them, track them, information that you want them to have, information that you want to make sure you have for them. And now a little bit on the technology that's coming into play here. So when you fill out an application today, some applicant tracking systems have built-in technology to send a email Likert scale assessment, really, to your references right then and there. And there was some debate about the legal rights there. I'm guessing that since you put the references into the system, you're somewhere agreeing that it's okay for these people to be contacted and and they may be contacted right away so a few different systems that are doing this skill survey and checkster skill survey reported that 24 percent of hiring managers are using reference checking technology that doesn't necessarily mean that that high percentage is doing it before the interview and these are again automated messages that are sent out to your references that allow them to rate you at one to ten on key skills that the position is requiring and maybe asking for your top strengths your accomplishments area of, of improvements um, they may look at Basic things like is rarely late or absent from work. They may, you know, look at personality things like takes pride in quality and output at work. Lots of different options that recruiters can choose. It looks like in these systems, skill survey and checkster. So that might be happening. In addition to people actually calling your references. So what do you do if you ex- suspect that someone is giving you a bad reference? I've had this a couple of times in my work with, with individual clients that they felt like, you know, this principal at this school, I know he's giving me a bad reference. He's the one that's getting in my way. But you, you think, you know, but you don't really know. Um, so what do you do? Well, of course, you can warn that prospective employer so you can tell them this person is going to say this about me. Here's why. Here's what happened. If you get an opportunity to, you could warn them that that's going to happen. That allows you to reframe it, 
tell the story from your perspective. Of course, we don't want to get into the blame game or, um, you know, I'm innocent here and it's all their fault, their meanie head. It's really a professional fact-based reframe of the context. This is what happened. This is what I learned. Admit your faults in the situation. You can also offer other people for them to call. So if you know that someone's going to give you a bad reference, is there a different manager at that company that you could list? Um, You know, you're going to have to control that bad reference in a different way, probably anyways, because people talk to each other. Recruiters will often ask who else they could or should talk to to get names of other people from the references that you list. So there's a lot of ways that they might get back around to that person who is the negative employer, negative reference, but it doesn't mean you have to list it right off the bat. If there's other ways to other people to list, of course that indicates that you have to have the conversation with people up front and be realistic with yourself around what that person is going to say about you. The last piece, well, I guess two more pieces around controlling those bad references. So that's part of what Allison and Taylor does. Allison and Taylor does a reference check for you. So they will call and find out what that person is is saying about you, right? They pretend to be an employer and verify the employment for you. Allison and Taylor, uh, A-L-L-I-S-O-N and Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. So you can hire someone like that. There's others that will do that for you. They're going to ask if they if that person would hire you, if you're eligible for rehire. They might ask the circumstances of why you left. They might ask about your strengths and weaknesses because they know employers are going to ask that. So they'll go through and do this reference check for you so that you know exactly what is is being said about you and can decide what you want to do about that. So one option, if you think that someone might be giving you a bad reference, you can find out for sure. Then, of course, if someone is providing a bad reference, perhaps even violating company policy or maybe they're just providing a bad reference, you could reach out to them on your own and have a discussion about how that's getting in your way and is there a a way that you could work with this person to provide a, a reference that is still accurate but isn't so damaging for you. Or if it gets to this, Allison and Taylor will send a cease and desist letter for you that tells that person that they can no longer say those things about you and they'll work through that process with you. Hopefully none of us will ever have to do that. It sounds um, like a, a, a negative hole I wouldn't want to jump in. And if you do, at least there's a service there that can help you. On the positive side, how can we control the narrative in a more proactive way. 
well as we've been talking about. Maintain your relationships with these colleagues, supervisors. Maintain relationships with those professionals that either will be contacted because they're a former supervisor or, of course, that you want someone to contact because they're your reference. Update them about where you are so that they know how to respond. Be aware that a recruiter might ask your reference to provide off-list contacts, meaning other people that weren't on the reference list that that reference thinks you should they should talk to. So they might call that those people or they might call a mutual connection. So if you provide a reference, but they know someone who knows that person or they know someone who used to work where you work, if they have someone they know, they might call that person. And are you, you know, what will they say about you? How can you control that? How can you keep those relationships as much as possible positive around your work life? And they may ask to speak some to someone else if your reference is unavailable. So who would they talk to? Who will answer the phone? Who else might be in the office? And do those people, do you have a relationship with those people? You can put your LinkedIn profile on your documents. People will go there. Recruiters will go there. They can see your recommendations. They're not too much worried about the endorsements at at this phase of the game, endorsements might help you get found on LinkedIn. But when we're talking about the process where they're really trying to decide if they want to hire you, they're probably going to be reading your recommendations. So what recommendations are there? How can you make sure those are relevant, that they're recent? You know, Do you have any from your most recent job? Control that LinkedIn space because it really is an opportunity for you to have, quote unquote, letters of recommendation just in a very short format and then the recruiter might check out your LinkedIn profile connections and they might connect with some of the people who are your connections the idea here and I guess the main point is maintain those relationships those people who you worked with who are your colleagues there are lots of reasons and benefits for both of you to maintain those relationships and, and maintain those conversations. Very basic, if you're gonna submit a references list, so if the interviewer says, bring a list of references with you, or if you're in the academic setting and they say, submit your references with your application, you always wanna follow those directions. You wanna do what they're telling you to do. So if they're telling you to submit them with the application, do that. If they're not telling you that, you can, but it probably won't matter that much. If they, what do they want? Follow whatever you can, three to five. Give them the number that they want, give them their information that they want, and of course give them information that you have verified with that recommender. We're going to dive into what's some other content that could be on those references list and then kind of close up here with some ideas around LinkedIn recommendations. But before we do that, we'll take a short break and we will be back here on the Career Confidant in just a few minutes.
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about references and how you can control the narrative that 80% of employers will hear when they call to check on your references. So we're at the point where we're talking about you submitting some kind of reference list to the employer whenever they request it. So they may request it on the application and you're typing the information in there. You don't really have to worry about, you know, what does a separate sheet look like or they may request it in an interview when you do want to have what we're going to talk about now, which is a nice professional reference sheet. So to note here that when you do a resume, you no longer need to put references available upon request at the end of your resume. Everybody knows that. No need to waste a line on your resume with that detail. When they do request those references, you want the reference sheet to use the same heading as your resume. So your name, your contact information, a little bit of a modern design, you know, in terms of the formatting there, you want it to look nice when you do a reference sheet and you want it to match up with your resume and cover letter, even if those were a while ago, whoever's doing the hiring is going to put them all back together and have a nice little folder for you probably anyways, and it will be nice if everything's together and of course your name your contact information needs to be on that references sheet 
Then very simply, you can list your references, their name, their place of employment, their phone number, city, state, zip, perhaps address if it's relevant, if it's relevant. The reason that you put that city, state, zip, as my friend Cheryl pointed out to me, because I was thinking, well, why do we need that? Is so that people know what time zone that person is in, because of course our phone numbers today don't necessarily indicate what time zone we might be in. So the full phone number and then at least city, state, and zip gives them idea of where that person is. And then you want to include their email. This is important because a lot of people want to do that reference check via email or at least schedule it via email. So if they don't have your e- their email, it's going to make it a challenge for them. And that does count against you. I guess it is a, a strategy can, you could use if you've got a bad reference is to not put anybody's email. But I think that will probably backfire in, in the long run. Other items that you could put on a reference list. So those are the basics. You've got to have their name, title, organization, city, state, zip, optionally address, phone number, email. Other items that you could include, depending on what you want to do, you could put in that information about how they know you, what they would say about you, So, for instance, you might say that this person will speak firsthand of my achievement in X, Y, and Z. And as I was their direct report, they'll know about my competencies in X, Y, and Z. So, you can give a little bit of foreshadowing in terms of what this person will know about you and what their relationship is to you little short paragraph, two, three lines of information. The other item that you could include is a testimonial. So if you have letters of recommendation, but you don't get the opportunity to actually submit those letters, and I would recommend that you don't if they're not asked for, instead you could take some of those testimonials and put them onto your references sheet. So instead of you know, this is how that person knows me and this is what they might say about me, actually put in the quote from the reference letter. Choose something that is meaningful, specific, and aligns with what you are trying to say about yourself overall in your application for this position. So if you've got letters of recommendation, you can plug them in right there on a document of of your references list. The other places that you can use testimonials, they go great in a cover letter. If you're submitting a cover letter for a position, of course, we know that a lot of times cover letters don't get read. So you might also just put them in a resume at at the top, at the bottom, in a little call out box. If you have some short, impactful, meaningful testimonials, those can be very useful on a resume. Don't need to overdo it. Want to keep it to being meaningful and specific. But it's a great place to highlight an outstanding testimonial right there on your resume. Because we know that people aren't going to read a letter of recommendation. And sure, you know, of course you're cherry picking and they know that you're saying you're you're picking the best testimonial. But if you'd pick one that is really meaningful, it 
will have an impact on your brand. When you do that, if you put it on the resume, you want to make sure you cite that statement. So tell people who said it and what their relationship is to you. Give them the name, the title, the organization. Visually, you can also connect it to the company that it came from. So that helps people connect the dots. Last piece here is your LinkedIn recommendations. LinkedIn recommendations can be such a snore and you can read someone's LinkedIn recommendation and think, you know, I really didn't learn anything. Or the first line of that recommendation is, I know Susie from, and it doesn't really say anything. Here's a little formula that I would recommend. And this is revised, edited from um, an article that the Muse had about LinkedIn recommendations. The Muse had a five sentence LinkedIn recommendation, which I think is actually too long. Um, So I'm recommending a four line LinkedIn recommendation here. And it leads with something unique or, or branded. So it connects the audience to what you want them to know about you right away. So it was a pleasure working with Cheryl. She's always thinking about how to to make things better, how to help people get jobs faster. I don't really have a prepared one, so you're just going to get some thoughts here. But that that what is it that makes you good at what you do? What is it that's unique about how you do what you do? You want to help that person lead their recommendation with something unique. Or if you're writing one about someone else, try leading with that. What really makes them stand out? Then you put in the details. I've known Cheryl for nine years. We are colleagues in the resume writing industry. Or, you know, I could say we're on the board of the National Resume Writers Association together. She and I have taught numerous workshops together. Now I'm moving into the third sentence, which is back it up with specifics. And I might talk just a little bit about the different value that she's brought to a specific workshop. So a specific story is always going to make the most memorable punch. And then lastly, go back through and make sure that you've got those keywords and soft skills but you're leading with the brand, you're grounding it in details, and you're telling a specific story in two lines or less. So you've got four sentences in your LinkedIn recommendations that are branded. They also connect to the details for credibility, and they include a story. As you venture into December and the end of the year, think about those people that you need to reconnect with, those people that you need to thank for being on your circle of champions. What do they need to know about how they've helped you get where you are now and perhaps about where you're going in 2018? We'll be right back here again next week on The Career Confidant to give you more great information to use to move your career forward in 2018. And if you have any questions or comments or topics you'd like to hear about, feel free to reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at Career Thought Leaders. And we look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. 
Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. We'll be right back. 